Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. We are surging toward the NFL season. College football starts this weekend. It is the best time of year to be a sports fan. Colin, do you agree? I agree, man. I'm static right now. Yeah, it is easily one of the top times of the year is all of this hype before the college football and NFL season. The MLB is just, it's in probably the, what, like the second most exciting point of the year outside the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, we're getting right there just before postseason baseball. So soon we're going to have best time for MLB. And then we're going to start getting into crunch time NFL and crunch time uh, college football. Yeah, and it's going to be an absolute blast. So make sure you're keeping up with us. And uh, today we've got, of course, our MLB recap. We're starting something new. MLB questions from Reddit. Going through the baseball Reddit, checking things out. I found five questions. We're just going to talk about them. Then, of course, some NFL news. Our preseason week two standouts our Big 12 preview to cap off the conference previews of the Power Five, meaning next week we'll have our overall college football preview. So we're going to be talking our projected top 10 teams, our projected college football playoff, and our projected award winners in college football. So that one's going to be real fun, a full college football season preview for you next week. And then... We'll hit stake your claim to round it out. Colin, are you ready to get into winners and losers? I'm ready. I'm I'm excited to see what you got. All right. Well, we're starting off hot. My first winner is inside the park home runs. Everybody's yeah. hitting them. They're back. They're officially back. And we saw it like what? Like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Bobby Witt Jr. We saw Luke Rayleigh's insane inside the park home run that we talked about. And then we had Bryce Harper, I think, last night. Jorge Mateo on Sunday hit uh, insane inside the park home run. And then Ellie De La Cruz, who technically it was a triple with a throwing error, but he still got around the bases in 15.5 seconds after stopping at third base. So I'm going to give it to him. But... Yeah, inside the park home run is back. Yeah, I mean, dude, what the Ellie De La Cruz one, he was almost running second by the time that ball was off the wall. Yeah. And I for sure thought he had home set the whole way. And then watching who there it was against the Blue Jays, right? Yeah, I believe so. Watching Vlad miss that ball and it go all the way to the backstop, it was just like comical. Yeah. But, no, I never would think. I thought Bryce Harper's speed days were in the past. Yeah, I know. I never would have pictured him to hit another inside-the-park home run. Yeah, Jorge Mateo, Ellie De La Cruz, those are guys I expect to hit inside-the-park home runs. But yeah. Bryce Harper's still got it. Yeah, Jorge Mateo, I figured by the end of his career, he'll have more inside-the-park home runs than he does in actual home runs. <laughs> it honestly might be the case especially with those crazy that crazy field in Baltimore. But my first loser is whoever the fuck it is that's doing what I'm about to talk about, which is um, the subject of an MLB investigation. Right now they're investigating some cyber hate messages directed towards the 13-year-old nephew of Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Tommy Pham. 
Uh, supposedly, these messages are stemming from a verbal altercation that Fam had with Padres fans over the weekend in San Diego, um, and he has had multiple people coming to his defense after that. But how fucking crazy is it that I'm, people I'm... are attacking his 13-year-old nephew? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm lost of words when we put it together. Just, yeah. I'm just like, why not just go go after fam? Like, why you why you gotta go after the 13 year old? Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's stupid. And you are a loser. Outside yeah. of this podcast, you are a loser, and certainly on this podcast, you are a loser. The biggest loser. Yeah, but my next guy, certainly not a loser. He is the epitome of a winner, Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners at that. So Julio, in case you haven't noticed, just set the MLB record for the most hits in four consecutive games with 17. Those four games, he went four for six, five for five, four for five, four for six. And just this week, he had a 568 average of 1417 OPS, Two home runs, 12 RBIs, seven runs, and six stolen bases on his way to an American League Player of the Week. He has 27 hits in his last nine road games. That's the most hits over a span of nine road games by a major leaguer since Napoli Joy had 28 for the Philadelphia Athletics between July 23rd and August 10th, 1901. Jeez. No, the yeah. Mariners are catching stride right now, and oh, yeah. Julio's leading that. Like, so a couple weeks ago, we were even talking. We were like, like if they were even going to come close to touching the playoffs. Well, now the destiny's in their hands. Yeah. All right. If they want it, they can definitely go get it. Especially with the Angels falling off like they did. Oh yeah, for sure. And like. Uh, what like we a couple of weeks before the All Star break, we were asking why we haven't heard anything about Julio Rodriguez this season. Yeah, now I think, all of a sudden he is on a fucking tear. Yeah, I think you know him relaxing the hometown where the All Star game, and he's just had a good time at the Derby at the All Star game. It really reset his mind. You know, mental break. And now he's just cruising. Yeah, I, I and I hope they keep doing it because they're killing it as well as a team. Mariners are currently on a seven-game winning streak. In this winning streak, they have 93 hits, 39 extra base hits, 17 home runs, and 13 stolen bases. No other team in MLB history has reached all of those numbers in a seven-game span. Yeah, and that includes a sweep over the Astros. Yeah, they're first yeah. since, I think, 2018. Yeah, and two of them were close games, but one of them was a 10-3 to blowout. Yeah. And that was the game. Uh, J-Rod went four for six, I believe. And But the, like you said, he's just been swinging a hot bat, and he's looking unstoppable right now. Yeah, and he's even got a hotter bat than my next loser, which is the Yankees as a whole. Um. Once again, the Yankees make the loser side of this list. And mainly because Julio Rodriguez alone has been better than them over his four-game stretch. 
In this same stretch of four games, the Yankees had zero wins, 17 hits, four runs, and zero stolen bases, while Julio recorded four wins, 17 hits, five runs, and five stolen bases. It's ridiculous. You know, I feel bad for Luke because I feel like the Yankees are making the losers list every single week. Look, there's other teams that could, but nobody deserves it more right now. They're on an eight-game losing streak. That's their longest losing streak since they dropped eight in eight straight in August of 1995. And the Yankees were outscored by 27 runs over their last five games. That's the most they've been outscored in a five-game span since May 28th through June 2nd of 2005. I know. I'm, I'm interested to see this next series because they're going up against Nationals, not a strong team, but the Nationals have been playing pretty good baseball. Yeah, they have. So we'll see. I, I, I know that the Yankees certainly have a hill to climb. So we'll see what they can do there. But my next winner is Gunnar Henderson. Oh, yeah. He entered the oh, top yeah. of the eighth of their game on, uh, I believe, Sunday. Uh, the same game that Jorge Mateo hit an inside-the-park home run. Gunnar Henderson entered the top of the eighth with a home run, a triple, and a double came to the plate with an 11-1 to lead over the A's, ropes a ball right over first base, down the line, hits off of the uh, like the jut on the stands in foul territory, and he just legs out a double. Instead of stopping at first to secure his cycle, cement himself in history, he legged out a double. And very much to the surprise of his teammates, who... <laughs> all very obviously were like, why the fuck did you not just stop at first? <laughs> and and he explained it after the game. He was like, when I went up to the plate, I thought about this being an opportunity. And when it happened, I, I knew I had to leg out a double. It's just how I play the game. So shout out to Gunnar Henderson because that's just the grind. That is hustle right there. A young man, not not going to get complacent. He's going to take his doubles when he can. Yeah, I mean he's too he's too new in the MLB to think like that. So his mindset is just team first baseball. Yeah, all right, that's what you want to see out of a rookie. And I mean that's why we're also seeing seeing him lead lead the Orioles in home runs with twenty one, and also leading in runs in sixty nine. Yeah, so that's a rookie leading in two high categories that you have a phenomenal offense split up between guys that you would think like Adley Rushman would be ahead of them or um, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes. But that's a rookie up there making a statement, leading a team hopefully into a deep postseason run. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to what the Orioles have because when you got a guy like Gunnar Henderson who is a rookie this year and you have this immense amount of young talent both in the minors and in the majors – it is a, a recipe for success uh, coming from a guy whose team used to always be a top five farm system. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Gunnar Henderson did not have the greatest start to the season. No. Um, and he's just one of those guys that's turning it around. And I, that's a big help to how the team is playing. When a team's playing good, it's hard for like the people who started off rough to keep playing bad. You get you string along a couple of hits, and next thing you know, you're on a 14 game hit streak. Yeah, it looks great right now for the Orioles, and 
It's a big thanks to Gunnar Henderson and all of their fantastic young players. But my next loser is Burglars. Sounds weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) weird, Weird thing to bring up. But specifically in the Los Angeles area, because this season, two Dodgers players have had their houses burglarized. Hey, bro, what are the Angels doing? It's Dodgers players, man. Uh, yeah, I know the Angels. Maybe it is the Angels robbing. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. Angels are trying to rob them. Yeah, I think it's more Who likely it? the Padres. Was it? Was it? Was it Mookie and Freddie? No, it was actually Freddie and Muncie. Really? Yeah, Freddie got. Uh, I think it was early in the season when Freddie's house got broken into, and now early this month, Max Muncie's did as well. Why Muncie, bro? He ain't worth shit. I think he's like, what, like fifth, sixth in home runs in the National League? I Still, I'd rather go for either Mookie or Kershaw. Hell, I'd uh, go after Joe Kelly right now. Those are some nice guys. I bet Joe Kelly's crib is legit. Maybe. Isn't he the one that threw a ball through the window of his house? Probably. But that's just Joe Kelly. That? I think it was like right before spring training. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Joe Kelly that did that. It was very funny. Uh, but nonetheless, let's go to my next winner who on accident, but also plays for the Orioles, <laughs> Ryan Mountcastle <laughs> and him beating vertigo, which is a win in itself, oh, but yeah. also coming back and absolutely killing it since he's returned in 122 plate appearances, he's batting 383 with a 443 on base percentage, a 617 slugging. That's good for a 10-10 OPS. He's got six homers and 21 RBIs. Listen, man. Orioles are the best team in the AL. Yeah. And they're they're acting like it now. Exactly. You got a guy to get over vertigo, come back, Ryan, and just mash the ball. Ryan Mountcastle's just got that dog in him. Yeah. Yeah, contributing to this balanced offense. <laughs> Dude, it's... I'm just so happy that we're finally seeing good baseball from the Orioles. Yeah, it's too bad their owner is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck I don't John know. Angelos. Yeah, but I'm I'm more worried about what's happening on the field than all that other Mickey Mouse bullshit. Yeah, everybody should be more worried about that. But uh, nonetheless, let's go to the next loser. It's the pitch clock. I love the pitch clock, but it wasn't working. Uh, after one hour of play, the Red Sox and Astros had only finished two innings the other night. James Paxton had thrown 56 pitches, allowed seven hits and four runs, and Christian Javier had thrown 47 pitches and allowed four hits and three runs. Yikes. Yeah, uh, a long night at the ballpark there, but... I thought the pitch clock, like even in a situation like this, I feel like the pitch clock typically would at least slow it, like quick, like, you know, pick it up a little bit. Yeah. I don't, dude, that sounds like a brutal game to sit through. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because, like, it's not even, like, a fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's never fun when Christian Javier is on the mound. Yeah, I'm trying to find how long this game took. I would rather watch Framber Valdez throw at people. To watch Christian Javier pitch. <laughs> you know what? Because of all the early runs, like they scored what in the first two innings, they scored 
a total of seven runs, and it ended up in a 9-4 ball game. The game only took three hours and 12 minutes, so it definitely turned around after the first two. Hmm. Interesting. So that that's nice, but nonetheless, an hour for two innings of baseball is crazy, especially in this day and age. Yeah, that's that's brutal. But my next winner, old reliable, the fastball, man. Luis Castillo was certainly using the fastball the other night after he threw 47 consecutive fastballs. What? Yeah, look, if the if it's working, it's working. And was it that- was obviously working for Luis Castillo because in his seven innings of work, he only gave up five hits, one earned run, had nine strikeouts, and didn't walk a single batter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one run was in the uh, first inning. Yeah, I think so. Off a double to Eloy Jimenez. But no, that's insane, like, to be a major league pitcher. Because pitching coaches all over the world talk about mixing it up. And you see a high-tier pitcher throw 47 consecutive fastballs. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah, and that was that's like almost almost exactly half of the pitches he threw. He threw 95 pitches. Yeah, that's hey, if it if it works, it works. All right. Yeah. White Sox can't hit shit, so might as well exactly. just throw strikes. Make your life a whole lot easier. You don't gotta worry about spin, rotation, and drop, horizontal movement. It's a lot easier on the arm. Yeah. Especially when you can throw like 99 like Luis Castillo. Yeah, Castillo's been cooking recently. He has, dude. Really, this whole he's, season, he's been great. Yeah, I think he's sitting right above a 3 ERA. Yeah, 3.15. Which, and the AL is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Especially in teams, the West with all those yeah. runs being scored. You got teams that just rake. So, honestly, anything under 3.5, I consider pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, but my next loser is Mason Wynn. It, it, typically, you'd say a guy that just got called up, recorded his first career hit, is a winner. But he's a loser because Pete Alonso threw the ball that he recorded his first hit on into the crowd. That's so dumb. And I, I will give Pete this. He was apologetic, admitted it was an accident, and sent Mason an autographed bat and a bottle of Don Julio 1942, which is an interesting gift for a 21-year-old. But nonetheless, um, how crazy is that? Dude, I'll take the 1942, but I'll tell but you also, what. If like, I'm- what, what, what 21-year-old is like, yeah, I'd really like to enjoy a, a nice glass of Don Julio 1942. Grayson, you really going to ask me that question? I have no comment, so... Yeah, but uh, no. Well, here's the thing. I I talked about this with a couple of buddies. It's like if I'm playing in the major league level, I don't want an autographed bat from someone else in the major league level. True. Like, that's that's dumb. Yeah, like unless you're a guy that I think is going to be like a future Hall of Famer or like I grew up as like a huge fan of you. Pete Alonso ain't him. Exactly. Pete Alonso is just some schmuck that hits a ball really hard and loses playoff games. I I can't remember. Did Mason Wynn ever end up getting that ball back? I don't know. I haven't seen anything about him getting it back, so there's I, really no telling. 
I think I saw something that he might have and like just gave the guy like a signed signed ball and bat stuff like that. You should have given him that bat Pete Alonso gave him. <laughs> dude, I don't think Mason Wynn has hit a ball in the air in the outfield since he's been up. Just all all on the ground. Yeah, I think Not he's surprised. hit. I think his hits have just been on the ground. I think his first two hits were infield hits. Hey, the guy is fast as shit. He's got a cannon of an arm in the infield. Yeah, he throws so fucking hard. It's crazy. Like, I know we were all enamored by what Ellie De La Cruz does. If you haven't watched Mason win, just go look up, like, his shortstop highlights. You're going to be amazed. Effortless 100-mile-an-hour yeah. across the diamond. Crazy. But here's the thing. What's stupid is that there's people that ridicule him saying, oh, that. why do you need to throw 100 miles an hour if you have good footwork? Is like you're just putting more stress on your first baseman. And but listen, that's just the way he got he was born and he was blessed with a cannon. Yeah, he's gonna use right, it. So why take that away from him? it gives him the it gives him access to make plays that only two percent of major leaguers can make. Yeah. So yeah. nobody is throwing as hard as him at shortstop. And if you are, a lot of them aren't doing it as well as him. Yeah. So, quit the hate, and let's respect the young man, all right? Yeah, he's 21 years old. He's got plenty of time to figure his things out. Yeah, our MLB's, MLB's growing right now. There's a lot of young bucks that are showing out right now. There is. It's More than sign. usual. It's a great sign. But my next winner, somehow again, the Orioles. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not just trying to like glaze. Is it Bradish? Is it Bradish? No, this time oh. it's just that they just keep turning bad players into great players. Yeah. And this time it's former Brave and Angel Jacob Webb. Yes, sir. In seven games, he's pitched seven innings, hasn't given up an earned run, has only allowed one hit and two walks. Dude, it's their whole pitching staff, dude. Dude, I don't think Jacob Webb had more than five appearances with the Braves that he didn't give up like three runs. It was it was brutal to watch him pitch. Like he had like maybe two I think there was two times where I saw him live that he did well. Every other time, if I saw him come out of the bullpen, I would go grab something to eat or go use the restroom because yeah. I knew it was gonna be a long inning. Yeah. And it was way worse when he was starting. Oh yeah. Yeah. That but, was scary. No, can we move to the other, the Kyle Bradish? Yeah, Can we talk, talk about, about him. He's real killing quick? it. So right now, he leads the Orioles in strikeouts with 127. No, that's Gibson. Earned run average, a th- three ERA yep. for an Orioles pitcher. WHIP, 1.10. The dude is killing it. But also his, I you know, what's the word when you have the same name? What? Is there a word for that? His, his name twin? Yeah, name. I I will, we'll call it that. His name twin. Kyle, Kyle Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> the only Kyle that's sucking in the MLB right now is Kyle Schwarber. That's, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure there's a different Kyle that's sucking. But oh, Yeah, name one. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Kyle Lewis. He sucks. Isn't he hurt? Probably. See, doesn't count. I think it does. All right, whatever. But no, Kyle Bradish, Kyle Gibson, Jacob Webb. I mean, if you're Felix Bautista, if you're a pitcher for the Orioles, you're thriving right now. Yeah. 
That's easiest way I'm gonna put it. Exactly. Well, except for Grayson Rodriguez, but yeah, it's all right. He's got can't time. win them all. He's got can't time. win them all. <laughs> uh, but let's go to my final loser, the White Sox, and it's not because they suck on the field, which they certainly do, but. It's because their owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, is considering a move out of guaranteed rate field. There's also chatter amongst the team's, you know, front office that Jerry Reinsdorf might, enter, you know, may be entertaining selling the White Sox in the coming years, which is crazy. But even crazier, there's rumors that they might leave Chicago as a whole. That's crazy. And possibly... The landing spot would be Nashville. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's lit. Bring some more baseball to the south. Dude, uh, you'll see me in Nashville way too much. <laughs> if, if there's baseball in Nashville, besides oh, yeah. going to Vanderbilt and Lipscomb and all that stuff. Nobody is going to Lipscomb. Hey. I hope you're aware it, Gavin. I know I get it, but nobody's going to Lipscomb to watch baseball. Yeah. Maybe you and uh the opposing teams like LSU and stuff are playing there. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Back to what we were saying. The Orioles are insane. Um the White Sox are selling the team most likely. They probably should. Um Yeah, I, I think a team in Nashville would be great though. Yeah, you got football, you got hockey. Throw a baseball team in there. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, I don't want to like. I don't want to root for this because I really respect the, the division of the city of Chicago, and yeah. like the the White Sox fans and the Cubs fans, North Side South Side. I love that. And I would hate that for that to be taken away from them. But if that does happen and it warrants the opportunity for a team to move to a city that needs a team, honestly, they need a team, then I'm fine with it. Chicago doesn't have to have two teams. Oakland doesn't have to have a single team. <laughs> like They need to understand that as a league-wide thing, this is probably better than having two teams in Chicago. Yeah. I know. I agree 100%. But that's the one end of my winners and losers. I'm going to give you a quick Wander Franco update, and then uh, I'll let Colin take the reins. Um, looks like Major League Baseball has placed Wander Franco on administrative leave as the league and authorities in the Dominican Republic investigate Franco's alleged relationships. This situation continues to get worse. Yeah, it's, I mean, at this rate, it's going to be a while until Franco steps back onto the diamond. It it might be ever. It it might be, he might never step on the diamond. Which is so sad because he's such a good player. It is, but if he did this, he threw it all away. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, bro, 14? Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Come on. We're not getting into that part, but. Um, no, he's an idiot if any of this happened. So, um, yeah, it's just 
crazy. But Colin, go ahead, take the reins. All right. So I'm going to start it off with asking you a question here. All right. Would you rather bat with a number two pencil or a crayon? And I'm talking about the Williamsport Little League game. Okay. Um, Bryson, Bryson Stott. I'm trying, to to give you, I'm trying to give you an answer, though. Okay, let's hear it. Is it a Ticonderoga number two pencil? You know, that's that's a big word for me. I'm talking about just a standard, you know, the yellow with the red eraser. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just asking because, like, the Dixon Ticonderoga number two pencil is the best ones. If it's just yeah, some shitty fine. Walmart pencil, I don't want it. No, best of the best. Okay. Number two pencil. Yeah, give me the pencil. All right, dude, that bat looks so sick. Uh, it's fine. It's awesome. And then... And then was it Joey Manessis? Is that how you say his last yeah. name? Came up with an all blue crayon bat. Love it. I loved it. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, Bryce Harper was swinging the uh, the Philly Fanatic bat. Yeah, but I mean that's a Bryce Harper classic. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if he does a custom bat, you best believe it's a Philly Fanatic bat. Which I mean, it's sick. I used to use that on MLB the Show all the time. <laughs> but uh, next, so. They released updated power rankings, and I'm just going to go through it real quick. Okay. So, one, Braves still sit at one. Makes sense. Dodgers at two, but that's just because they don't lose in August. They don't lose in August. And then you got Orioles at three. So, like I said, top team in the AL. Yep. But then right behind them, you got division rivals in the Rays. Rays coming at four, and then the Rangers at five. Mariners at six. Astros at seven. Blue Jays at eight, Phillies at nine, and then we rounded out with the Brewers. Once again, perfect. Yeah, I th- they're nailing these power rankings just because I don't think it's that hard to fuck it up. Yeah, there's not, um, you know, a huge difference. Like, between these top ten teams, there's like, there's kind of, I'd say like four tiers. There's yeah. best of the best, which is Braves, Dodgers, Orioles. Easy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Rays and Rangers, which are like just a bit below because of inconsistencies, injuries, what have it. Then you have Mariners, Astros, Blue Jays that are like very good teams, super hot right now, but not quite the best in their division. And then Phillies, mm-hmm. Brewers is just consistent, good teams with good players that are playing well. Yeah, so I think I think they did really well on this because uh, Toronto's. I don't think they even come close to contending for that top spot anymore yeah. in the AL East. I think they're eight and a half games back now, but I can be assured they're they've probably locked up a wild card spot by now, if I had to say so. Yeah, but if we go look at the AL Central, Grayson, you know, the third place in the Central is only eight games out. I know. And it's the fucking Detroit Tigers. Yeah, they got a better chance of making the playoffs than the Yankees. Bro, if I'm Luke, I'm crying <laughs> in a corner right now. It's crazy. But it's it's mainly because like they got Riley Green back, who is a key, like spark to their offense. The dude's gonna be so good. He already is good. Yeah. He has one of the smoothest sweet left-handed swings since Griffey. Um. That's a bold so, yeah. statement. I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not saying he's better than Griffey. No, I just mean the smoothest lefty swing. And 
That's opinion. I like it. What about Freddie? I mean, Freddie's up there. I think Riley Riley's got a better lefty swing than Freddie. It just looks better. Freddie's more consistent, but Riley's swing just looks better. Okay. But that's also just that's where the youth comes into play. Fair enough. Once he once he stays up and he's seen a lot more major league action, gets that uh experience, dude, the kid's gonna be dangerous. Yeah, we we've known that for a long time. Yeah. All right. And then so another thing right now, so MLB has not welcomed Trevor Story with open arms right now. Yeah. The man is having a horrible comeback right now. I think he's batting like 158. Yeah. Like 50, 52 plate appearances. It's rough. Rough sights for Boston who thought they were getting their guy back. Especially, you know, in a division that you want all your weapons back. Don't you think? Definitely. I I, I would, <laughs> if I was the Red Sox, I'd love for Trevor Story to be absolutely killing it. But, yeah, like 11 and a half games back right now, you're, I know you're not that far out of the wild card at four games, but it's going to be hard to, to jump the Blue Jays, Mariners, Astros, Rays, like any of them. It's going to be hard for them to contend. Yeah. Well, we'll see because starting today, they have a three-game series against the Astros. So it's huge. If they can get the sweep, they're right there in it. Yeah, as long as the Blue Jays don't, you know, go beast mode. But no, um, I will say, do you have anything else for MLB before I go into my last MLB thing? No, nah, man, you're all good. All right, so I want to round it out with some some rookie power rankings. All right, let's hear them. Just where we're at right now. So I broke it up. I got, I got, I took five in the AL, five in the NL. So let's we're gonna start it. in the NL. We're gonna start in the NL. So number one, you know, I got Senga at one. Okay. Just, the dude's been lights out. Phenomenal stuff. Two, I still got Corbin Carroll up there just because of how good of a start, and he's starting to stay consistent. Yeah. So he's still up there. But number three, one that's impressing everybody is Matt McClain from Cincinnati. I like it. Give me your thoughts on Matt McClain. I I really like that pick. He was a guy that, you know, first half he was the guy to be looking at in Cincinnati as a rookie especially. And, you know, because of the notable players that have come up, he's gotten a little bit overshadowed. But him, as well as Spencer Steer, have both been fantastic. But yeah, Matt McClain batting almost 300. He's got 13 homers, 44 RBIs. His OPS is kind of right where you'd like it, 867. That's where I like my guys, especially when it's not like a superstar level guy. You're a rookie batting 867 OPS. I'm taking that every day. That He's probably their most clutch player right now in the lineup. Oh, yeah. I think he has like three or four walk-offs this year already. But you see they called up Noel V. Marte. I did. I'm excited to see how that goes and kind of how Bro, that this, how that works. This team's about to just be all rookies. Like, are they going to put McLean at second while India's on the IL? And then, Probably. And then Ellie at short, Noel V. at third? Is, what, is Noel V. primarily third i think so all right yeah then yeah they'll probably do noel v third ellie short matt 
at second and then steer at first. Yeah, steer at first. That's an all rookie infield. Yeah, and it's dangerous. Yeah. And then you also have TJ Friedel out in the outfield with uh Will Benson. Yeah. Like dude. <laughs> and you got Andrew Abbott. It's like your team is full of rookies. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. So round out the NL. Then I have Francisco Alvarez, who's been like the only bright spot for the Mets this year. Yeah. Well, him and Code Hisenga. <laughs> yeah. And then Yuri Perez is my fifth for rookies. Yeah, I, I think Yuri's a good one, but it's it's hard to still put him there just because he hasn't like he hasn't he had, played that much. Yeah, he had like some pretty long stints back in the minors yeah. just for like innings purposes. Mm-hmm. But like his stats are undeniably good in the games he's played. Like what this season yeah. he's played, he started fourteen games. He's pitched 68 innings, and he's got an ERA at 291, 83 strikeouts. Like, that is fantastic. Yeah. It's just, I just – I don't know. I think there there could be options of guys that have been up all season that could possibly make it over him, but I certainly understand why you'd put him there. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's plenty of options that I could have went, but he was just, you know, off the top of the dome. He's the guy I wanted to put at the five spot. Yeah, I like all it. Right. Let's hear it. And then AL. A- AL, Gunnar Henderson, Tristan Cassis, Tanner Bibby, Masataka Yoshida, and Hunter Brown. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel pretty good about that. I think Masataka could be higher. Yeah. You like, could here's the thing. Probably here's put thing. him at three. Yeah. So here's what I did. So I think Tristan Cassis and Tanner Bibby, even though Bibby's a pitcher, they're just hot right now. Yeah. And Yoshida's just been probably the most consistent the all season. Fair. So yeah, you can put him three. You can make an argument even to put him two. But like I said, he's the most consistent. But as of right now, my list, Cassis is explosive, hitting yes. homers left and right. And Tanner Vivi's been pitching lights out for the Guardians. Really been like their only win, like certain win. Is when he's on the mound. Yeah, he's nine and three this season. I didn't even realize. Like, honestly, if I were to put it, if I did mine, I'd probably take the same guys you did. Um, I'd keep Gunner at one, and then I might bump Cassis down to four, just because yeah. I think he's like, yes, he is hot right now. It, it just wasn't. It's still not quite second in my yeah. eyes. But I'd probably put Bibby second, Yoshida third, Cassis, and then Hunter Brown. Yeah, two two through four can be in any order, probably, yeah. and you can make an argument for it. Yeah. But also, Hunter Brown Been is great. fantastic to watch on the mound. Yeah. Dude's got disgusting stuff. Yeah, and like, what, he's third, fourth in their rotation? Uh, I believe so. Let me check real quick. Because what it's Verlander, it's Verlander, Valdez, Javier. Uh, no, he's third. So yeah, it's Verlander, yeah. Valdez, Brown, Javier, and then JP France. God, why is JP even in the rotation? <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, yeah no. That's so tough. that's that's who I got as my ro- rookie power rankings. Right. I now. like it. I, I I like it a lot. Um. All right. Are you good to uh get into these questions? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to rock and roll, baby. All right. Well, 
then let's do just that. We'll start with this first question. What player is having a down year and no one is talking about it? Uh, I'm going to go Jake Cronenworth. Oh, I like that. Like, I really like that. He's a guy, especially when Tatis was out, is like he needs the guy. He needs to be the guy to step up. Yeah, I think he's batting like two ten, or around there, anywhere between two ten to two thirty. Yeah, he's batting two thirty right now. He has only ten home runs, and it, but the worst thing is he has a WAR of one. Yeah, that's tough. So he's making it easy for San Diego not to start him. Yeah, and I just feel like a lot of people aren't talking about because he's a two time All Star. Yeah, he's a player with big expectations on him. Yeah. So I got Jake Cronenworth as as my guy who's having a down year. People just really aren't talking about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Jazz Chisholm. And I know he hasn't played a ton of games because he missed a, mm-hmm. a considerable amount of the first half of the season. But for some reason, yes, I know the Marlins have been – pretty good they're kind of slowed down quite a bit since the all-star break but on a team that's above 500 with such great offense great pitching jazz chisholm was supposed to be the guy and he is just falling off the face of the earth yeah there's been multiple games where he's been the guy to come off the bench yeah like he's losing his starting role and I think that starts with him moving to the outfield. And I get I get being willing to because you brought in a guy like Luis Arias to play second base. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like it's not working. Like he's not he's not a center fielder. He's not a center fielder, and I think it's affecting him at the plate as well. Yeah, I don't know. I I I would almost like rather see him give it a shot at short. Yeah. Like, Jazz Chisholm, at this point in the season, and yes, I already addressed it, he has missed quite a few games, should not have a .6 war. He should certainly be batting better than .242. I know he's not going to hit for a high average, but he's got to be hitting somewhere in the .260s, .270s. He's only stolen 17 bases. In a season where guys have surpassed 50 already, He's got to be way higher up there. He's a speed threat on the bases. He's certainly a power threat. This season, he's not. 12 home runs. I really can't explain why he's been so bad, but it just seems like nobody is giving him the time of day. Yeah, he's supposed to be their playmaker. I think he got the the curse from being on the the cover of the show. I I agree. I I think he's certainly getting a, a cover athlete curse here. (laughs) <laughs> um, hopefully he can turn it around because he's a very exciting young player. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if the Marlins want any shot at making this wild card, Jazz needs to show show him something. Yeah, a couple other guys I thought about: um, Wilson Contreras. Yeah, not good, not good at all. Especially um, with how much money he got. Yeah, he's getting paid a shitload. To what he's got like less than like yeah he's got thirteen home runs yeah that's that's not good for a power hitting catcher yeah and behind the plate he hasn't been anything special certainly not a a Yadier Molina replacement yeah no not not at all yeah also Jose Abreu nobody's talking about him dude I was I almost yeah put his name in there 
Like I wanted to so bad. Yeah, he is but then just for, shit. for some reason, I like I didn't look anything up. I would have thought that he like picked it up a little bit. Nope. I think he's on the IL right now, but sure, have you seen, have you seen Kyle Schwarber's batting average? No. How bad is it now? You know it's 183. Whoa. But he has 33 home runs. Yeah, him and Max Muncie are having the same season. <laughs> like I'm Max just, Muncie's batting 193 with 29 home runs. I'm just amazed. Yeah. Like he has he has 83 hits and 33 of them are home runs. That's wild. But no, 183 for a leadoff hitter. Come on now. Yeah, that's First of all, he should he is not a leadoff hitter. I don't care if no. they put him first in the order. He's not a leadoff hitter. But yeah, it's just abysmal. Uh The Phillies are trying to take that Acuña approach. Yeah, they are. Except Acuña is 10 times better at everything and way more athletic. Yeah. Uh but Schubert's, let's get Schubert's to, not um, stealing bases. Definitely not. But let's get to the second question. I'm interested to hear your opinion on this because Yeah. Um I think I've already gotten Luke's opinion on this before. Should Aaron Boone be the manager of the Yankees after this season? Uh, no. Okay, elaborate. Like, it, I think the season speaks for itself. Agreed. Just like the, the actions on the field that we've seen Aaron Boone do this year and just how he takes his manager approach. It's just something that... It's not good. If the Yankees want any sign of like a good future, it's got to be without Aaron Boone. I agree. I think Brian Cashman also has to do with it. I think he needs to go. But the easy. They just need to clean house. Yeah, they do. They need to clean house. They need to build around Aaron Judge. Get him contact hitters. Get him a couple of power bats and some fantastic pitching. That's yeah. all that's all it takes. And I know Not, that's a lot to ask for, but you have Garrett Cole already. You exactly. just need guys that can come in, eat up anybody that can come in and give you a six innings of work, two earned runs, and you can win baseball games. Yeah. Like someone like uh Martin Perez. Yeah. Literally a guy that yeah. doesn't cost you a shitload of money. Like you don't need to to back up the Brinks truck for him. Like you did for Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon, who that was Carlos Rodon has got to be one of the worst free agent acquisitions this offseason. Biggest bust of 2023. Yeah, definitely up there. But also, just get some average guys. Work on the farm system. Stop giving yeah. up your prospects for players that don't matter. And, and honestly. I want to see more prospects coming up in this in the rest of this season. With how bad they are, they're 17 games back in the AL yeah. East. It's not happening this year. Yeah, they just need to they might as well just try out some new things. See who in the farm system has hope. Show me Jason they, Dominguez. Uh, they hype him up so much. <laughs> Every offseason, he is the biggest Number, talking yeah. point of the Yankees. And every single year we don't see shit. Yeah, I mean, if he gets a 99 prospect card in the show, why is he not in the show? Dude, he's been, he has been talked about by the Yankees players, and or sorry, by the Yankees fans for like 
five years about, oh, my God, this guy's the next one. He is going to blah, blah, blah. Show me then. Yeah. I think I think the Yankees can keep Volpe. Okay. I think he's too young to really make a decision about that. But, I mean, honestly, like people like DJ LeMahieu, Donaldson, honestly, even Stanton. Yeah. Like, they got to go. Those are guys – look, okay. Prior to this year, I would have said DJ LeMahieu is a guy to go to for a contact bat. He's his career the, died in New York. Yeah, his career has died. He had, what, two years? Two pretty good years in New York? Yeah. Really one fan, like one fantastic yeah. one where he was putting up MVP numbers. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, look, you, you need contact hitters. I think, yeah, I know like Luis Arias probably won't be on the market too soon from now. He's a guy that would be so perfect. Yeah. Because Hell, Yankee, look, Yankees can pick up Von Grissom. Yeah, have him. I don't care. Um, I don't want him. But I, I mean, like, go around the league. Straight up, fucking Billy Bean moneyball this shit on base percentage. Yes, get batter, get players on base so that when Aaron Judge comes up and hits his inevitable like forty five home runs at least every year, there's something there for him. But back to the point that we're making, I don't think that that works for Aaron Boone. That's just not the way he goes. The whole reason he has a fucking job is because he hit a walk-off in a game that led in the playoffs in a year they didn't even win the fucking World Series. So Aaron Boone's whole managerial career is based off of a home run. Why would he ever want contact hitters in this lineup? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's... So, yeah, I, I, think, I don't think Boone should last through the end of this year. Um... If he I don't does, think he makes it to the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. But if he does last and he does start off next season, he will be the first manager fired next year. Yeah, there's a couple managers that are on the hot seat. Definitely, I think like, that's a conversation for closer to yeah. the end of the season. But we'll we'll get into that yeah. another time because we're we're we'll rambling right we'll now. We'll definitely talk about it. But let's get to this next question. Is Mookie Betts a Hall of Famer if he retired right now? So this one made me think. Yeah. Actually, like for a minute. And I'm just going to go with my gut. If he was to retire right now, no. Really? I'm on the other end. But I don't think he's thing. first ballot. I think he'd make it, though. Yeah. After a couple years, there's I could say that. But if he was to retire right now, I think I think he'd have a better chance if he just has like three decent seasons. Give him three decent seasons and he's a for sure first ballot. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that he's only played ten years. Yes. Like this is his tenth season. Yeah. Give me give me three, four years of Mookie Betts, even at a lower level than he's at right now. Yeah. Guys certainly up there. Like Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. Like, he's played 10 years, nine of them regular seasons outside of, you know, 2020 excluded. He's only missed the All-Star game two times other than 2020, and it was 2014-2015, the first two years of his career. And in 2015, he got MVP votes. Yeah. I mean, he has two World Series titles. Yeah. An MVP, a batting title, five gold gloves. 
and four silver sluggers. Yeah. And he's only 29. Exactly. Actually, he has five silver sluggers. Is it? Yeah. Is it five? 2016 and then 18 through 22 or through 20. That's right. 2022. He was a silver slugger. Yeah. But nonetheless, he, he was also an MVP runner up twice. Mm-hmm. He finished fifth, sixth, eighth. Like the guy has got the accolades. Give me a couple seasons and it's done. Done and dusted. Possibly first ballot if he hits 15 seasons of this kind of play. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, I stand by I stand by my answer. Okay. If he is retired right now, uh, a like a last minute Hall of Famer. Okay. Like tenth year on the ballot. Yeah, like it, it would be a couple years before he would get in. Okay. Fair enough. But if he keeps playing first or second ballot for sure. All right. My next question didn't necessarily come straight from Reddit, but I saw some people talking about some different guys and got me thinking. Who is the best pitcher of our generation? Because for me and you, we've kind of we've been watching baseball just about the same amount of time and yeah. taking it seriously the same amount of time. So we have seen the same guys dominate our game, but who is the best pitcher of our generation? So I got it between two, and it's really between Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you could throw Scherzer in the mix. For yeah, sure. I just I feel like Verlander has been more consistent, more dominant than Scherzer. Yeah. And I've also I've seen Max Scherzer a whole lot more. Yeah. So there's a lot more moments that I've seen where like the Braves have dominated him. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. Yeah, because uh, when Max Scherzer comes to the ATL, we go and we see and we light him up. But I mean we've we also saw the Braves light up Verlander, but we're late in his career. Yeah. We're talking prime time generational pitchers. Yeah, I I think personally, and Verlander has a crazy body of work behind him. But I've been watching Clayton Kershaw essentially my entire life, and there's no doubt in my mind he's the best. He got the World Series. Those of Mickey Mouse World Series. He still got it. (laughs) He's got the Cy Youngs. He's got what? Doesn't he have an MVP? Uh, Yeah, he does. I think Verlander might as well. But... Nonetheless, Clayton Kershaw, in my mind, is the best pitcher of our generation. Yeah. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is the best curveball I've ever seen from a Oh, my God. Like, drops from head to toe. Yeah. Like, and then, but, no, it was, like I said, it was hard to pick between. I feel like Verlander has just been more consistent than Kershaw. I don't even know if that's true. It might not be. But this is like this is just opinion, opinion stuff. They're both up there. They're both my one and two. Yeah. So, honestly, I really, I both, I want to put them both at number one. Can they share number one? <laughs> I, I honestly think they should, because like looking at Clayton Kershaw's resume, he's got an MVP, which is enough to be like, okay, he's a fucking Hall of Famer. Yeah. Three Cy Youngs. He's got a pitching triple crown. Jesus. Ten-time All Star. 2020 World Series champ. He's got a gold glove. He's got five ERA titles. It's it's insane. 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 <laughs> a he, career he the ERA game, didn't of... You? Uh, not... No, he didn't start. He came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? He came in in the All-Star started. game this year. 
he is uh it's just insane he's an anomaly his career yes. ERA is a 248 Jesus that, that's, that's so... the number that bumps him over Verlander to me 248 so... yeah. and guess what that's also his ERA this season you've convinced me i'm taking Kershaw okay well let me give you another another number uh, a 1.002 whip that means that for every one of his 2,686.1 innings, he's allowing just barely over one runner per inning. That's so good, bro. He's so good. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so and, and I don't want to just like, like just cancel out Justin Verlander because yeah. when you look at his, he's also got an MVP. He's got three Cy Youngs. He's got a triple crown. He's also got a rookie of the year, which Clayton doesn't. Nine-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, ALCS MVP, two-time ERA title, but career ERA, 325, whip, 1120. Yeah. Not quite there. The strikeouts are higher. Innings pitched are higher. So That's just because he throws harder. Exactly. Clayton Kershaw never threw that hard. He just He was a pitcher, not a thrower. Yeah. But, no, like, so, yeah, the question there, who is more consistent, Clayton Kershaw? Who had more breakout years? Probably, I'd probably put Verlander there. Agreed. Um, but who's had more down years? We can also say Verlander. They both spent some time on the IR. I think, didn't, yeah. Clay, didn't Clayton miss like half a season or a full season one year? Uh, Yeah, I think recently but, he did. But so did Verlander. Yeah, Verlander missed all of 2021. So, yeah, and uh, just about all of 2020, he only made one start that year. Yeah, no, I would say those two are the top two of our generation. Agreed. It's right. gonna be so, it's gonna be so sad when we see Clayton, Clayton hang him up. It will, it definitely will. But speaking of what's gonna happen in the future, who will be the top five hitters in baseball five years from now? Okay, you want to go one one at a time each, or we each say our five? Yeah, let's each say our five, and then I want to talk about what the person that said this, like proposed this question, said it would be. So okay, uh, you go ahead with one. All right, my my one. I'm I'm believe it or not, I still got Acuna up there. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll stick with him as well, Acuna. And then number two, I got Bobby Witt. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I just just seeing what he's doing so young, like yeah, I like that. It's exciting. All I'm right, number Hul- three, I'm taking Julio too. Okay, J Rod, I yeah. like that. Believe it or not, I don't even have him in my five. Mm. Next, give me Jackson Holiday. Whoa, <laughs> okay, dude, right. it's like. If we're talking five years from now, how can you not put him? Like, we're seeing what he's doing. Yeah, look, he'll probably just, be up next year. Yeah. And so, just to add to that young Baltimore team? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So my three is Jackson Holiday. Okay. My three, I'm going to go with Tatis. I I, I still think he's going to be fantastic. Nothing will stop that. Okay. My four, I got Pablo Reyes. Okay, my four... Bobby Witt. Uh, I love Bobby Witt. So, What do you think about the Pablo Reyes one? I think it's good. It, it's a... 
It's it's a good prediction. Yeah. I it's think, yeah. It, he was one that I was curious about whether or not I wanted to put him there. But, you know, it's like I said, it's like our opinion for top five hitters five years from now. We don't know what the hell is going to happen five years from now. Yeah, exactly. Like, these guys could, like, not even be in the league five years from now because they do some dumb shit and, like, get arrested or some shit. Yeah. I'm not even going to say it. It's not worth yeah, don't, it. Yeah, don't say it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. So my five, give me Riley Green. Okay. My f- let me tell you, it's not going to be with Detroit. Oh, I like that. I, I love that take. Um, My five, I feel like I've only taken power. I want to yeah. go with like a contact guy, but. Luis Angel Acuna. Give me Shohei Otani. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's going to be so good. Yeah, in five years year. from now, he'll probably be done pitching. He'll just yeah. be hitting. That's scary. Yeah. If he can apply all of his focus into one thing. Good God. Yeah, and like what? He'll be 30, 35, or like, like 32, I think. Yeah, Fuck but you. don't matter, man. But all right. yeah, so the five that that guy had. I believe was Acuna, J-Rod. I believe he had Jackson Holiday. Or no, he said Acuna, Corbin Carroll, Jackson Holiday, J-Rod, and Shohei. Okay. Corbin Carroll is just not going to be that good. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's going to be that consistent of a hitter five years from now. Yeah, I, I don't think that. Maybe there will be flashes, you know, streaks in his career that he could be amongst that conversation. Certainly not a top five hitter, even in five years. I I love what he offers. He's not going to be that. Pitchers are already figuring out how to pitch him. Yeah. Like some of the guys that we said, like, pitchers don't know, like, what to do. They hit everything. True. But no, I like the list. I okay. do. All right. Well, um, throughout the next week, I'll, I'll compile a couple more questions from Reddit. So um, if you guys would like to put your own questions to submit to this segment, go to the second short Reddit. Second to ND, A-N-D, short. Go there, join the Reddit, and start asking us some questions because we'd love to answer them. But this is time. Jesus, I don't even know what the fuck that was. <laughs> this is time. This is time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it sure is. Um, it's time for NFL news. Woohoo. And we'll start here. We'll start with ESPN's new Monday night countdown team. We saw them on display, actually, last night. Um, and it all circles around one man that I am so goddamn happy is the new host of Monday Night Countdown, Scott Van Pelt. Yes, sir. Easily the best personality at ESPN. Possibly the best personality in sports. Fan favorite. Yeah. Scott Van Pelt is the fucking GOAT. Yeah. I I like that. And then... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I'll save it. Okay. And then your three analysts... 
Ryan Clark, RG3, and Marcus Spears. Fantastic. I love the RG3. Yep. I I love it. I think him and Scott Van Pelt are going to be so funny together. Mm Mm-hmm. So very, very much looking forward to that. Ryan Clark and Scott Van Pelt have already showed off their chemistry. And very particularly the night of the DeMar Hamlin incident, those two were commanding the nation, honestly. Yeah. So I I know they work well together. Yeah. They had just, they had the nation in the palm of their hand, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing, and then Marcus Spears, just uh, you know, a seasoned veteran uh, in in the NFL and in in football. So, um, I love Marcus Spears' addition as well. Obviously, who else but Adam Schefter's lead analyst, of course, the the man himself, Luke's best friend, Adam Schefter. That's a callback yeah. uh, to quite a few months ago now. But uh, Michelle Beisner Buck will be the features reporter. And then we'll also see multiple appearances from Larry Fitzgerald and Alex Smith. I love this. Yeah. I love it. Larry Fitzgerald is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Like the whole time, like especially towards the end of his career, he was like, not really the end, kind of like his prime, really. He was my favorite wide receiver outside of Julio Jones. Yeah. Julio let me down, though. Yeah. Definitely. And then Alex Smith, like, how can you not like the guy? Yeah, such a good comeback story. And I think he was made for, um, what is it, being a host and like a analyst or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he, he's going to do a great job on there as well. So uh, this makes me look forward to Monday nights because it got a little dry. I got to be honest. Yeah. It started getting real boring. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't stand Steve Young and Susie Colbert anymore. I have to start listening to uh, ESPN two. Yeah, listen to the Manning cast. Yeah, hey, that that those are so much fun to watch. They are fun. Sometimes I get a little annoyed by how little they're paying attention. Yeah, but yeah, mainly because they're roasting each other the whole time. That's true. It, it can be very entertaining. Uh, but. Let's move on to the actual stuff on the field. The Colts have given Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. Uh, Other teams now trying to make an effort uh, to figure out his value, but looks like the Colts are seeking a first-round pick or a package of picks that equates to a first-rounder in that potential trade. It looks like the Dolphins are expected to at least explore a trade for Jonathan Taylor. Um, Not sure where that will lead. But he's only 24, so he could certainly – he's certainly worth a lot, but we've seen the market of running backs. Yeah, who who knows what kind of money is going to play effect to that. Yeah, exactly, because obviously if he leaves, he's going to want a bag. Yeah, but no, I, I'm so happy the Colts finally just gave up. Yeah. Stop trying – stop being a little bitches about it. It's because that killer whale died. Yeah. It's got to be. It, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> Jim Irsay no, was like, my only, the only thing I'm doing right right now is saving this whale. And then it died. And now he's just like, all right, I fucked up. I got to get rid of Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I love it. But no, dude, Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, and Jonathan Taylor. 
It's crazy. What the fuck? What the fuck? Tua's brain's going to explode trying to figure out who to throw the ball to. When he doesn't want to throw it, or if he's scared to throw it, he can just hand it off. Yeah. I feel bad for like, saying his brain's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, man, what the fuck? That's crazy. I'm going to be honest, totally slipped my mind. Yeah, I mean, last season you are saying some very hurtful words to my guy. Over I, there, I so. tried to keep it pretty tame. Bro, you literally said he was going to turn into a vegetable. No, that was Luke. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Uh, me, me and Luke got some fighting words next time I see him. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about another running back. Josh Jacobs is expected to report to the Raiders before their season opener um, in three weeks. It looks like it should be happening before this preseason game. I doubt he'll play, but we should see him at practice sometime this week, maybe next week. I feel like every week we talk about running backs. Yeah, well, they're a hot topic. Yeah, but no, let's see. It'll be good once we get once we get him back and locked in and everything like that. Josh Jacobs, he's basically gonna have to carry the uh, Raiders this year. Yeah, definitely. Him and Devontae Adams. Yeah. Well, let's see, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, we've seen some decent things, but we've also seen some really bad things. Yeah, yeah. So, Maybe we'll just see Jared Stidham all year. Jared Stidham's not with the Raiders anymore. Are you serious? He's with the Broncos. Fuck. Yeah. Who the fuck's their backup now? Uh, I think it it's gonna be Aiden O'Connell. Oh no. Bro, Aiden O'Connell's been good. He has been good, but the rookie man, why not? Nah. But yeah, hey, yeah, Brian no. Hoyer. Don't sleep. Nah, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> why is he still in the league? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Come on now, hey, Jimmy didn't look that bad in his uh his preseason debut. I'll give him that. I think I think he was four for four on his first drive. Yeah, can uh can't knock him for that. Solid, yeah. solid happy stuff. He, happy he could make four completions. Yeah, hey, four four attempts, four completions. It's hard to do. Okay, we'll see. Enough of you do it. Okay, <laughs> run, a, run run a slant. All right, I'm gonna get Michael I'm gonna get Thomas. picked off. I'm gonna get picked off over the middle every time. Yeah, I'm about to say, especially going up against the Rams. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, outside of Aaron right. Donald. Aaron Donald's just gonna jump off the line and pick me off. That's true. I'm gonna be like Bryce Young, and I can't even see over the line. <laughs> You're shorter than Bryce Young. How tall is Bryce Young? Five ten. Five. We're pretty close. Put me in some cleats. I think I'm 5'10". I don't know about that. But let's move on to this um, interesting development here. With the help of Rodgers and uh, Nathaniel Hackett, it appears that Zach Wilson is thriving. It's kind of crazy how good he looks in camp and in these preseason games. And after this preseason game that just happened, Aaron Rodgers said that he'd like to play for a few good years and then pass the torch back to Zach Wilson for the next 15 plus. He was quoted as saying it'd be real it'd be a really special 18 to 20 year run of great quarterback play. See, that's just wild. Imagine. Like dude, they talked about it on part of my take on a Monday's episode. If Aaron Rodgers 
turns Zach Wilson into a 15-year starter in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, he's going to have to come back as a quarterback coach. <laughs> yeah, and work under Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, God. Just having Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson in the same sentence just makes my head hurt. Yeah. Hey, look, Nathaniel Hackett's a fantastic offensive coordinator. Not just head not coach. a head coach. Not, not a head coach, that's for sure. I mean, we'll see this year how bad he actually did if Sean Payton can turn the Broncos around. I think we're pretty aware of how bad he was. <laughs> but we'll 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 see for sure if it was really all Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. But in other news, the Ravens' twenty-four game preseason winning streak has officially ended. Fuck! And it falls at the feet of the Commanders, particularly the feet of Joey Sly, with his forty-nine yard game-winning field goal. Dude, I I love that guy. He kicks so many field goals. He's a guy. He's probably one of the top kickers to look at for yeah, fantasy. He's got to be kicker one. Yeah, because they're gonna be kicking a whole lot of field goals in Washington. Yeah, either him. I mean, you always got Ryan Suckup. Yeah, especially with uh, down in Tampa, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask being your quarterback. I don't even trust them to get into field goal territory. Exactly. I mean, you're Ryan Suckup's gonna be kicking like 70, 60 yard field goals. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have to turn him into Justin Tucker if they got a chance. No, who's that? Uh, Janikowski, Sebastian Janikowski. Oh yeah, who kicked like that sixty-eight? Yeah, my yard favorite. field goal. My favorite kicker of all time, Florida State alum. Lefty kicker, right? Yeah. Disgusting. Shut I always used him in uh, Sebastian Janikowski. Absolute like, menace. Like Madden twelve and stuff <laughs> like that. I would use him. Yeah, that guy was a menace on and off the field. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's talk about this. This story was kind of crazy. So the Packers-Patriots game was suspended in the fourth quarter due to the frightening injury to rookie cornerback Isaiah Bolden. Um, he is out of the hospital and doing well, and the Patriots decided to cancel this week's joint practices with the Titans. They'll fly down to Nashville later this week ahead of their preseason matchup, but I'm so glad that Isaiah Bolden is okay. That that injury was pretty scary. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things that you ne- you never want to see happen. And yeah. if it if it does happen, it's just like it, it makes your heart stop. Yeah, because it's 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 scary moments, especially for Bolden's family who's watching. You know, as a rookie, his yeah. life just flashed before his his eyes. Yeah, and like you know, his his first season hasn't even really started. So, yeah. so, so glad that he's doing well. Uh, I'm not too sure how quickly he's going to return, but... Probably um, probably won't be until next year. Really? If that... I, 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 they'll probably keep him on the practice squad. All right. That's, that's just my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. It's definitely sensitive. You know, you don't want to send him back out there, get him hurt again. Because his confidence is not there right now. Yeah. It, or nor it, will it be there. Um, Let me see if no. there's anything about it. Um, looks like he's in concussion protocol right now. Um, yeah. So he could return after he clears that. But, yeah, we'll just have to see. 
Uh, but let's move to the next thing. Veteran linebacker Miles Jack has informed the Eagles that he plans to retire. Um, after his seven NFL seasons, he has accumulated 617 tackles in those seasons. Um, yeah, he signed with Philly during training camp and, um, just looks like he doesn't have it anymore. So, uh, he decided to hang it up, but honestly, a pretty solid linebackers entire career. Yeah. I saw something where like he came out and said, like, before he signed, he was like, I just want this certain amount of tackles or like sacks. And once I do that, I'm hanging it up no matter what time it is. Yeah. And so I, I guess he did it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. I guess so. Only 27 years old, but, um, you know, the injuries will catch up to a guy, and I think that's kind of what happened here. Like, like the the seasons in Jacksonville, like after those first three very good seasons, he only played 11 games in 2019 after that injury, and it just seems like he's he's done what he needed to in the league and no use in, you know, damaging your body any further. Yeah. yeah. Overall – Fantastic career. Yeah, yeah, fantastic player. Um, uh, sad to see him hang it up, but very happy for him as well to um, be able to make that decision. We wish you the best at your local Chevy dealership where you'll be selling cars. <laughs> Got a but, feeling he's going to try and you know get on the sideline somehow. Yeah, maybe go back down to Jacksonville. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but... Let's get to this next thing. Jordan Love showing the utmost confidence. He said at this I love point, it. I think I'm definitely ready for week one and carry that throughout the season. I'm I'm so ready. Yeah. He's got something to prove this year. And I'll be damned if like we, we will see it this year if he has it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's either he's running his mouth too much and he's gonna be the next Trey Lance. Or he's going to ball out. I'm, I'm he's hoping it's the, the latter. I want Jordan yeah. Love to be good. Yeah, he's got the weapons to help out. So, you know, how mu- it's just going to be uh, his coach and how much he believes in himself. Yeah. Which, from what he says, it sounds like he believes he's going to be that fucking guy. Yeah. And oddly enough, um, I was talking about Jordan Love today. With one of my professors, uh, Packers fan, actually me and Collins professor, uh, he brought it up <laughs> before class started that uh, Jordan Love's situation looks so similar to how Aaron Rodgers' situation started in his career in Green Bay. Followed up uh, a top-tier Hall of Fame quarterback, young receiving core, like Jordan Love's got Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, um, and oh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, uh, Jaden Reed, that they just drafted, and then a young tight end and Luke Musgrave. Where you know Rodgers had guys like Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings. Like it's it's eerily similar situation for the two of them. So hopefully Jordan Love can can do exactly what Rodgers did. Maybe a couple more rings in there though. I was about to say with that receiving dude, Jordy Nelson was so oh underrated. God, so underrated. One of the best. But let's talk about this next thing. And I, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but every time I see it, it amazes me. I've witnessed it firsthand. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, their Twitter account tweeted out: "This is twenty dollars worth of food at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You get a popcorn, 
You get a regular sized drink, three chicken tenders and fries, a hot dog, a pretzel, nachos, and a slice of pizza. Twenty bucks. Dude, have you ever have you been to Mercedes? Yeah, I've been to to two games, one Atlanta United and one Falcons. Yeah, dude, I I love it because they're putting the fans first. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and, and their food's good. But I'm on the uh, the club level. They have like these uh, barbecue sliders on Hawaiian rolls, and oh, it's so good. That sounds fucking great. So good. Yeah, I would. I would go for one of those right now. Except, are you trying to go to the Steelers Falcons game? <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll see if Luke. See. We'll see if Luke. We'll see if Luke wants to go. <laughs> Be. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Shit. Because what I think it's is it Friday night or Saturday? Uh. Shit. Let me find Thursday. out real quick. You, you, Thursday is night. Thir- Seven thirty. Oh. Me and Luke would have to record before that, and he would have to um, get out of class and come here. <laughs> so I, 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 I got to work, so I can't. Yeah, well, okay, looks like we're not, but maybe we'll try and get out to the stadium at some point this year. Uh, nonetheless, let's move on to the next thing. I'm so goddamn excited. This is the yes. best news I've received all day. Boomer Esiason, former Bengals quarterback, says that Joe Burrow will appear in Season 2 of Netflix's quarterback docuseries. It only makes sense. Yep. Everybody wants to see, like, a day in the life of Joe Burrow. Yep. Joe Shiesty himself will be on quarterback. So Waking up at the top of a penthouse in Miami. (laughs) Oddly enough, I want this season to be over with so I can see that. Yeah, honestly, you know who I think would be a, a great addition to that? Jordan Love. We yeah. were just talking about him. Yeah, he'd be Especially great. if he has a great season. Oh, Joe yeah. Burrow, Jordan Love, and then you take some shitter. Yeah. Do, do Garoppolo. Oh, that would be interesting, especially Jimmy Garoppolo in Vegas. I'm sure he is fucking cleaning up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's a good-looking guy. Yeah, roaming the streets. Oh yeah, I hope and he's I'm not like st- married. No, <laughs> I'm just like saying yeah, I, shit. He's, I think he ha- I think he is. That's too bad. But <laughs> that that threw me off. But uh, our next thing: Ron Rivera has made it official. Sam Howell is the Commanders' quarterback. One. Hey, I love it. I've heard good things. I've heard good things coming from uh, Commander's Camp. Yeah, and he played, I believe, the Monday night game um, and looked pretty good. They won the game. So, yeah, 188, um, 19 for 25, two touchdowns, got sacked twice, but it's all right. That's a Ravens defense that is scary. Yeah. yeah. On the, the defensive line. So, no, I mean, I think Sam Howell's starting to get comfortable. You know, he's putting more trust in Ron Rivera and, you know, he's got scary Terry. He's got Brian Robinson. I, I haven't heard great things from Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think he was, I think he caught a touchdown last night though. Yeah. I don't, all I know is that I have not heard great things. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem and like, yes, it is the preseason, but it doesn't seem like they're utilizing him very much. Yeah. I think, I think Brian Robinson's going to be getting majority of the snaps. 
which honestly is fine by me because I, I like both of them. So if one of them wants to be successful, it's fine by me. I'm, I'm more biased for Brian Robinson. but uh... Don't fool yourself. I know you're going to draft Antonio Gibson late in the fantasy draft. Bro, I do it every year. Because <laughs> the first couple weeks, he always puts up like 20 to 26 points. Yeah, and you can just drop him after that because he's not going to be worth a shit. Yeah, I'll trade him to Clark and after he gets hurt. <laughs> I don't think you'll get away with another one of those this year, but we'll have to yeah. see. Um, he, he won't let me forget it. <laughs> but our next piece of news uh, comes from free agency. Nine-time Pro Bowler Jason Peters is a free agent still. He said that Damn. he plans to play this season, which would be his 20th NFL season. How the fuck's this guy not been picked up? I don't Atlanta, what are we doing? Go get him. Yeah, I don't even care. Like, Dude, Carolina, go get him. Bryce Young needs some fucking help. Anybody with a young quarterback needs an, a veteran lineman who can help protect him because Jason Peters is one of the best to do it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I mean, nine-time Pro Bowl, that that's and th- these are this is Pro Bowls that actually mattered. Yeah. Now Pro, pro Bowls are just fucking flag football. And maybe he is 41 years old. Let the man he, fucking play. He can he can still probably move with the best of them. Yeah. Granted, do I think he's going to win a matchup uh, with Aaron Donald? Probably not. Ah. Either the either the Bosa brothers, probably not. TJ Watt, probably not. <laughs> he, hell, there ain't a lot like, of guys that are beating those guys, though. Yeah. So somebody out there's got to pick up Jason Peters because he is uh, one of the best for like twenty years. He has been one of the best. So yeah. hopefully he gets picked up. But another veteran guy did get picked up. Davian Clowney, picked up by the so- Baltimore Ravens. Such a good pickup. I honestly I honestly think it's a great pickup. Yeah, with how bad their pressures have been the last two years. I think they've been like I think two years ago they were twenty fourth in QB pressures. Last year they were twenty fifth. You know, a team that used to be known for their defense and known for their pressuring the quarterback needed some help. Jadavian Clowney just adds to that depth. And he's gonna be wearing the number twenty four, which is a wild number to see on him. He's gonna look so fast with that number. Yeah, I mean, fuck, line him up at uh, fucking uh, running back. <laughs> yeah, number 24, Jadavion Clowney at running back. I love it. But no, dude, it's like, I miss the Baltimore days where it's like Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis. God. Yeah. Yep. I Terrell, miss Terrell, Terrell Suggs was something else. Ed Reed. Oh, Jeez. We could talk about this for hours. I know. So we're not going to. Um, let's talk about this. Uh, somebody got picked up. Henry Ruggs. Officially oh, booked yeah. into his Las Vegas area prison. Jeez. Yeah. That's tough. He's going to face three to three to ten years, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal. Honestly, it's not enough. Yeah, the shit he did was fucking ridiculous. He ruined his fucking career, yeah. but he also ruined a family's life. Yep. Like, come on now. 
You can't be driving that fucking fast. Yeah, it's just absolutely fucking inexcusable. I loved him. Yeah. He was one of my favorite receivers to come out of Bama. So that video of uh, Nick Saban giving his speech to the to his guys talking about Henry Ruggs still like makes me tear up every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You've listened to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's so good. It is. Uh, certainly hasn't stopped Alabama players from uh, driving fast, though. Yeah, dude, everybody drives fast. Some people just do it more than way okay. over the speed. All right, well, if this isn't a good enough reminder, don't drink and drive. And certainly don't, don't drive 140-something miles per hour. Don't drive 120 miles. Don't go over 100. Honestly, there's no reason to go that much over, like, 85. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's be entirely honest. Like, down here in the south, max speed limit you're going to find is, like, 70. No reason to be going over 85. I, I wouldn't. I've had my days where I've, I've gotten on 575, and I'm just flying. Yeah, but you don't need to. I'm not, I'm not doing 140. True. Doing like 91. Yeah, but do you have to? No. Oh? Does my does my foot get a little heavy? Yes. Well, we're not going to talk about your feet because that's also something we could talk about for hours. Um, <laughs> our final topic in the NFL news. The NFLPA has terminated its trading card agreement with Panini. That's effective immediately. Now, Fanatics will hold the exclusive rights to produce NFLPA-branded trading cards. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Going away from your traditional companies, so no Tops, Panini, any of those. It will be Fanatics making those trading trading cards. Excuse me. Fanatics is growing, man. They are. I I hate Fanatics. I I think I'm probably part of the majority. Because they have just, like, monopolized the, the sports merchandise. Yeah. It is the worst. Genuinely. damn expensive, too. Yeah, they fucking, they own lids now. And they have, I think, for a long time. If their not, website not fucking sucks. Their website is the worst. Yeah. For everything. I'm going to stick to my uh, overseas stuff. <laughs> Colin loves his... He loves uh, DH Gate, dude. I got my five dollar <laughs> super, my five dollar Super Bowl Muhammad Sanu, and it looks like the patch was like taped onto the jersey. Love it. But listen, it was on sale. It was originally two one ninety nine, and I got it for five bucks. So that's a, that's can't a steal. beat those deals. That's a steal. Yeah, I have a feeling, Colin. It was never two hundred dollars. No, yeah, I, just, probably. Just letting you know. Did you buy a jersey for five bucks? I didn't. Mm. I actually, I tried to buy a Newcastle jersey the other day, um, and I spent $128, and then they sent me an email saying, oh, we're sold out of it. No, they hit you with the, uh, the classic Dick Sporting Goods. I guess. And then... Um, and then they didn't refund me the full amount. So I sent them a very angry email. And oh, they, no. They, they seem to have resolved it. But I was last say, time I checked, when I, spend, when I spend $128 and then you 
give me 120 back, that's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but enough about my online shopping problem. Let's talk preseason week two standouts. We Let's both go. picked three players. We're going to talk about them. Colin, get it started. All right. We're going to stay in Baltimore. Zay Flowers continues to shine. Solid footwork. He only he only played, I'm pretty sure, like the first two drives, if anything. Two receptions, only 37 yards, but had a tutty that looked kind of nice. Yeah, he looked and he, he looked great. He's really putting himself in spot for wide receiver one for the for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Watch out for him in your fantasy leagues if you haven't drafted yet. He he could be like a, a fourth fourth round guy. Yeah, we'll have to see though. Yeah, I can't talk yeah. draft strategy with you. We we can't talk anything because our draft is until what, like not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. Well, that and me and you have picks right next to each other. Yeah, I know. I pick right before you in the the first round. So, yeah, who really who are you taking? I don't know. Yeah, don't BS me. If it it all depends on what Luke takes. Exactly, it does. Sounds like it's McCaffrey. We'll see. All right, who you got? How could I not go with this guy again? DTR. Yes, sir. Shit, I didn't want man. to talk about him again. I know, but it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. He just keeps doing this stuff, man. Dude, sooner, like, if he keeps balling out, we could see him starting for the Browns. Yeah, and this like this, this week wasn't his best. 13 for 25, not great, but 164 yards. He had four carries for 18 yards. Um, I'd also like to talk about the quarterback he was facing, which was Philadelphia Eagles, Tanner McKee, who has honestly been rivaling Mariota for the, for the second string spot. I, I'm pretty sure, like Nick Sirianni said, like Marcus is QB2. That's not going to change. But Tanner McKee was 10 for 18, 147 yards, one touchdown. Great, great day for him as well. Yeah, I think, well, they said that Mariota just fits the system better. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, that run-pass option, whatever. Yeah. But, no, yeah, DTR is balling out. All right, so we got my number two now? Yeah. All right, I'm sticking to a quarterback. I talked about him a little bit last week, and it's Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders. This week... Little 11 for 18, 160 yards, average of 9.1, but two touchdowns with a passer rating of 127.8. Not and bad. That, he's getting majority of the uh, the snaps this preseason, and dude, he's 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 about to send Brian Hoyer into retirement. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my second guy is Bijan. How how could I not? Yeah, dude, that literally the first carry yeah. of the game, and he is so exciting. Yeah, he was literally in for one series, yeah. and he broke four tackles and four carries and had a one-handed catch. Yeah, it's, he is. is. Is he running back one in fantasy? Like the first running back taken off the board? He he honestly could be. I think McCaffrey's still first running back off the board. I, I think he's certainly going to be in the conversation. Yeah, I think Bijan goes first round, no doubt. 
Yeah. But I think, I mean, like you said, Bijan's just that rookie. You haven't seen him play a real NFL game yet. True. True. You know what you know what you're getting with McCaffrey as long as he stays healthy. That's the scary part. Yeah. But I don't know. Let's hear your third guy. JSN. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Three receptions, fifty eight yards. But the highlight was a forty eight yard catch deep down the field. Dude, the guy's looking dangerous. Yeah. I, I love that he's there as just another fantastic option for Geno Smith. Yeah, like like I know you and Luke talked about it last week, but that wide receiver room in Seattle is something something else. Yeah, they're crazy. It's it might be the insane. it might be the best wide receiver room in the NFL. And yes, I know Miami, you have Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, but I kind of like the three headed monster in Seattle. Yeah, I do as well. I, I'd probably put them there as number one. I have been seeing some people saying that the Falcons is the worst. That kind of hurts. Really? Yeah. People just, uh, I guess, they don't believe in Drake London and, and uh, Mac Hollins. Yeah, it's probably going to be what? Drake London, Mac Hollins. Kadero Hodge. Yeah. It's not fantastic by it's, any means. We'll be fine. Yeah, show me the Cardinals wide receiver room. Just put Kyle, just put Kyle Pitts at the, uh, the wide receiver too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, the Cardinals. Okay, never mind. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, but they need a quarterback to throw them the ball. That's a good point. Might be Clayton Toon. <laughs> we'll see. But my last guy, guy I talked about earlier, actually, Zach Wilson. Looked great. Looks like a real quarterback. It's like Pinocchio. He's a real boy now. And <laughs> nine for 13, 70 yards with 41 on the ground and just two carries. That 30-yard run looked fucking awesome. Throwing himself into contact, looking like a confident quarterback. It's crazy. He looks so promising, and it seems like he's – more than just developing as a player, he's developing as a decision maker on the field. The Aaron Rodgers effect. Oh. Yeah, dude, I, I, I got to give a lot of the credit to Rodgers and Hackett because they, they, they put the boy together. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah. Good list. Yeah, that rounds it out for week two. And then we'll have our final week of the preseason next week. and um, And then it's... It's all uphill from there. We're gonna have a big, yeah, big episode next week talking college football, though. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give an honorable mention real quick just to the Pittsburgh Steelers as a yeah. team. Yeah, look. Kenny Pickett's looking good. George Pickens is looking unstoppable this year. It's yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be some scary shit. Yeah, I I'm excited for Luke. Yeah, Luke can be excited about one team. Yeah, not the Yankees. <laughs> I can assure you of that one. So let's do it. Let's talk college. Week zero is this week as well. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of week zero at the end of this, but Big 12 preview. This one's crazy. There's a lot of teams to talk about. A lot of teams. But I'm excited to get into it. I hope you are as well. And um, all right, let's hear these standings. I think we should go in groups of three. Lots of, <laughs> lots of ground to cover, uh, but... We'll go in groups of three to start. So your top three in the Big 12. Texas, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Okay. Mine's Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. 
Okay. Oh, so you think Kansas State's like that? I love Kansas State. You like Will Howard? Yeah. I don't. All right. I hate Will Howard. All right. Well, you have your own reasons for that. Yeah. All right. So next three, give me TCU. Damn, you really hating on Kansas State. Yeah. But here's the thing. Give me UCF. What the And give me Baylor. Fuck. Nah, you're you're smoking dick saying Kansas State's dropping that low. Oh no, I I skipped over Kansas State. They're at four. My bad. Okay. Kansas State, TCU, UCF. Whew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> about to say, if you think they're coming outside of the top six, you're fucking crazy. Yeah, my bad. I totally just skipped over them. Okay. My next three, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas. Okay. All right. My next three like after that. that. Or no, your your next three. Sorry. Yeah. So let's see. I have Yeah, it's then Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma State. Okay. I've got UCF, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Okay. And then I got Cincinnati, West Virginia, Houston. Okay, I've got Iowa State, BYU, Houston. BYU and Iowa State are my final two. Cincinnati and West Virginia are my final two. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like that anywhere whole between, bottom five is shit. Yeah, the after Oklahoma State, it's just yeah. I think like I think BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati are gonna have a a, a rude awakening in the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's it's gonna get ugly. Yeah, but kind of overall standings, I think. Texas at one is is a very easy pick. Look, they're very they're very much improved. I get that, and I I kind of just have to ride with it because I think they're really gonna want to go out of the Big Twelve on a bang. That's the same reason yeah. I have Oklahoma at three. I just think these two teams want to prove something before they head into the SEC, and I don't think there's a lot of teams that are gonna stop them. Yeah, they gotta make a statement. Yeah. And this is in more big for Oklahoma because yeah. Brent Venables needs a good season under his belt. Yeah, I just don't know if Dylan Gabriel's that guy. I don't know. I I I really don't know how to gauge like how good he is, but yeah. um I, I will be talking about him. So uh any other teams you want to talk about? I, I'm interested about your um your liking for UCF. I don't know. I'm just I'm a big fan of uh John Rice Pumley. Yeah. Um he's definitely I, the X factor in this team. Yeah. I I think I think he can really he can really command an offense and he's he's so athletic, you know, the the baseball football combo. Uh you know, big for throwing in different arm slots. He can run, he can throw the deep ball. Um and UCF's got a fun offense to watch. I know they got a couple of uh, wide receivers in from the transfer portal. Um, so it's just, it's an exciting team to watch ever since they like went undefeated that year. Yeah, national champs. Yeah, yeah okay. No, we're, we're not going to go that far. They would have got curb stomped in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They would have got curb stomped by like the whole top 10. Dude, it's like when uh, fucking everyone was like so happy that Cincinnati made it. Yeah, to the to the top four that one year, and then Alabama literally like humbled them. Yeah, yeah, it was embarrassing, honestly. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think at the bottom, like we said, the the three new teams to the division outside of UCF, I think they're going to struggle. And then to me, West Virginia, you know, Iowa State, just they don't have the offense to keep up. Yeah, but this is why it's a preview. We'll see when it's we'll see when it's game time. Exactly. So let's kind of go back to these standings. Talk about who's going to be ranked and where. For me, Texas is very weird. They could be anywhere from like four to like fifteen. Yeah, I had them. I have them anywhere from six to twelve. Okay, and then to me, Kansas State is going to be better than Oklahoma, so I have them somewhere from fifteen to eight. Okay, I have Oklahoma top fifteen. Okay. And then I have Texas Tech, my three, at top 25. All right. Those are the only three teams I have ranked. Yeah, I've got Oklahoma as somewhere from, like, 20, 22 to, like, anywhere as good as, like, 12. Yeah. And then I think maybe Texas Tech and TCU could sneak in somewhere 25 to 18. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I was generous putting TCU that high. Yeah. I'm thinking the same way, but also um, I love Sonny Dykes. I think that people forget, like, yes, there were some great players on that team last year, but I think Sonny Dykes is a big reason why they were that good. You know what? I'll, I'll throw Kansas State top 20, 25. I'll, anywhere between 20, 25. Just, yeah, just because, like, the teams they play. Like, they can win yeah. a lot of games. Definitely. Um, I think Texas is the only one that can make the CFP, and yeah. it's only if they go undefeated because that would get them a win over Alabama. Only nah. chance they make it nah. is undefeated. Do you see Alabama's looking at uh, Ty Simpson as the starter? Yeah. Aren't you glad? I'm I'm happy it's not Jalen Milrow. All right. That's good. Anybody, any, Carson and, Beck honest, is officially Georgia's starter. Yeah, that ugly boy. He is fucking ugly. <laughs> He's so like, jeez. Uh, he I'm looks like... Talk. He We're not going to talk about that. He looks so ugly. He looks British. You ready to hop in at top three QBs? Yeah. Let's talk QBs. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm taking Quinn okay. Ewers, number one. Really? Yep. I did it. I did it. I fell for it. I fell for the national media. Are you trying to get on, like, Carson's good side or something? No, dude. I just, I like the talent that Texas has. Yeah, we're not talking about the team. We're just talking about QB. I know, and I kind of like Quinn Ewers. Bro, you're out of your mind. I, I don't I don't know what it is that has compelled me to feel this way, Colin. I, I can't make these decisions. I just I'm, like watching Quinn Ewers play football and I think he's good at it. I'm taking Jalen Daniels. Okay. I respect Kansas it. QB. Just I think he's he throws so much better than Quinn. And he's got the legs. So Quinn Quinn can't really run. Yeah, one one dimensional QB, cannon. but he's not accurate. We'll see. We saw, I think we I saw think he's that. improved. The only way he will be good is if he gets the ball into Xavier Worthy's hands. Okay. All right. My number two QB is Dylan Gabriel. All right. My number two is Jalen Daniels. All right. My number three is Will Howard. My number. Three is Jalen Gabriel. Or sorry, Dylan Gabriel. Jesus. Yeah. So I don't even have Quinn in my top three. He's sitting four for me. I, okay. I think I can accept that. Honestly, I thought about putting him five. I don't know. I, I want I want very badly to see a full year of Quinn Ewers. 
Yeah, I I really wanted, I dude, you know how bad I was. I wanted to put John Rice in the top three. Oh, me too. I thought about it. <laughs> I definitely thought about it. I thought you would clown me. No, nah, like but, he is. Uh, he is an X factor type quarterback. I just don't think he is like a. a top he's just not guy. the top guy. Yeah. Wow, that was crazy. Um. All right, let's talk running backs. All right, number one, Jonathan Brooks. Okay, I've got Javante Barnes from Oklahoma. He's my number two. Yep, Jonathan Brooks is my number two. Okay, so these are the top two running backs in the Big 12. Yes. Yeah, you know. Number I, three, though, I think is a toss-up. There's quite a few yeah. guys you could pick. I think I have the Bijan effect in taking the Texas running back one. Yeah, maybe. But, I don't know. I've heard good things. Yeah. So we'll oh, see. yeah. I, I think Jonathan Brooks can be great, though. You know, he didn't get the snaps that he'd like last year because of Bijan. I, I think he's certainly going to have an effect. Uh, but my number three, Taj Brooks from Texas Tech. Okay, I took Devin Neal from Kansas. Yeah, both of them I think are great picks. Yeah. Um, All right. Wide receivers is fun. There's a lot to pick. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones too. But Xavier Worthy's one. Yeah, dude. One one. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's there's not there's not many cornerbacks in all of college football that can that can hang with him. Oh yeah, it's gonna be tough, and he's a big part of a big part of why I think Quinn's gonna be so good. Yeah, yeah, his 100 yard dash is a 10.5. Yeah, like that's insane. So if if Quinn's got the arm for it, if he can get accurate, that go route is going to be used so much this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, my number two is Philip Brooks from Kansas State. Okay. I got JoJo Earl. I like it. From TCU. Yeah. I, he's not in my top three, but I, I really like him. I like his name. Agreed. And then I got... Uh, what is it? Bradley from Texas Tech at three? Yeah. Yeah, that's who I got. I've got a Donnie Mitchell. Okay. I, I just, I like what he had to offer at Georgia. I think going to Texas, he's just, he's in a system where he's got a quarterback that needs to prove something. And I think, you know, yes, Xavier Worthy is going to be there and he's going to get the risk, like the targets over him. But he's going to be double covered. Yeah. Donnie Mitchell is going to get the opportunities. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna Texas is just gonna throw the ball so much more this year without Bijan. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I like I'm, the, I like the double Texas pick right there. Exactly. I'm excited for the offense of the Big Twelve this year. Yeah. Defense is another story. Yeah, I, and I there's certainly some good defensive players and we're about to talk about them. Starting to me with Jalen Ford, linebacker from Texas. Okay, I got him at two. Okay. My number one. I got Josh Newton, Ooh. cornerback from TCU. Interesting. He's not you know, really on my radar. I, I didn't. I haven't heard yeah. much about him. So last season, he played 943 snaps. Okay. And was targeted 68 times. He held opposing passers to just a 35.3% completion rate. Damn. Yeah. So... I I and besides, no league throws more than the Big Twelve. True. So you need a solid cornerback who's 
he's gonna get thrown to a lot but that's the dumb 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 move definitely because he's he's the top cornerback in the league i don't know i i got a guy that i think rivals him okay you got a you got a cornerback yeah tj tampa from iowa State. oh yes sir i like the name horrible team yeah horrible team but he's gonna be the the shining star of that defense but he needs to hop in that transfer portal. <laughs> we'll see. He might make it to the league too quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got, I had Jalen Ford at my two, and then I had uh, Dante. Uh, was it Corleone or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's my four. I, I took his tackle from Cincinnati. Yeah, I took Kendall Daniels, safety from Oklahoma State, just ahead of him. Okay. All right. I don't know. That's the big solid. Some solid, yeah. Big 12 is probably my least favorite. Agreed. There's too out of many all of them. fucking teams. And too many bad teams. Like, it's not good yeah. football to watch. Yeah, not, you know, on a week-to-week basis, no. But, you know, overall, I think there is some teams that are going to be fun to watch, no doubt. Yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely – it's not going to be the best this year. I think because of the acclimation period for the four that just came in and the ones that will be coming in in the future aren't all that interesting outside of Utah, honestly. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see. But for now, um, I I think there will be talk about the Big 12, but nobody's going to be in the Heisman conversation, I don't think. No. Maybe we see, like, Xavier Worthy and like the Bolitnikov talk. Yeah. But I mean if te- if Texas balls out and Quinn Ewers is a big part of that, Quinn could get his name up there. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could. But no, nah, I think it, if anybody it's Xavier Worthy for sure. Yeah. Um so, you know, we still got a little bit of time. Let's talk a little bit of week 0. Yes, sir. this weekend. Um I haven't looked at any of the matchups cuz I wasn't intending on talking about it, but we've got a little time, so we might as well hop into it. Let's start Dublin, Ireland at Aviva Stadium. Navy, Notre Dame, 2.30 p.m. What's your thoughts? What are we thinking? Notre Dame, 20.5-point favorite. Navy's taking that game. (laughs) Yeah, you're out of your fucking mind. Now you say it now, man. Navy's taking that game. We'll see. I love love it. Navy's last win... Was uh, against UCF. I'm pretty sure. Nice, but no, I I'm biased. And I fucking hate Notre Dame. All right, fair enough. Uh, we got Hawaii Vanderbilt, seven thirty on Saturday. What yeah, are we that, thinking that, in Nashville? That would be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, Vandy's gonna beat the brakes off of him, but I, we'll see. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch AJ Swan. Yeah. We got our first taste of SEC football. Yeah. An SEC team playing. I'm I'm very excited. Um and then San Jose State, USC. USC, thirty one point favorites. Yeah, USC USC is better. You think they cover that spread? Thirty one? Uh I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, it's gonna be hard for USC to not cover that spread. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, nothing else really. Um, in that, yeah, one. Florida, Utah, Thursday. Yeah, but that's that's like the week after. We'll we'll that, have another. Does that, does, that cl- does that classify as week one? 
Yeah, that's that's technically week one. Um, but we'll we'll get to those matchups next week. We'll have a full, not just college football season preview, but week one preview next week. So you're getting the college football double feature. Yes, sir. Look out for it. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm so excited for college football. Yeah, it's best best time of the year besides Christmas. Yeah, it, it's going to be great. And um, I can't wait to talk through it with you. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Make sure y'all tune in. For sure. Make sure of it. And make sure you keep listening because we've got Stake Your Claim coming right now. Colin, you feeling hot today? All right, yeah. So I got a little Super Bowl prediction for this year. Ooh, early. And, yeah, it's one of those two early predictions. Uh, Let's hear it, man. So, coming from the AFC, give me Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoa, spicy. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are going to have it this year. All right. And then, NFC, give me the San Francisco 49ers. I love it. I don't know how realistic the Jags are, but I would, I would love this matchup. Tell me, tell me how unrealistic the Jags are. I, I just think there's a lot of firepower in the AFC. And I get it. They're going to be great next year. And, you know, maybe they do have what it takes. I just feel like that defense isn't quite there yet. Listen, defense doesn't have to be the best when you're putting. But it's got to be pretty goddamn board. good when you got to face the Chiefs and the Bills possibly throughout the playoffs. And the Bengals. And Bengals. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not going to be I, easy. I like the Jags. I like what Trevor Lawrence, I like the weapons he has this year. It's it's going to be a fun team to watch. And then, honestly, 49ers are just them. Yeah, yeah, I love I love the 49ers and their defense one of the best, especially. One of the, one of the best defenses in the whole league. Yeah, got to be one of the best all around. Like you said last week, Debo's going to go off this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. Certainly. Uh, yeah, my my take comes from the NFL as well. Um, after mm. watching these preseason games, I think that Bryce Young will not have enough help on offense for the Panthers to be above 500. I agree. Because, and maybe that's not a hot take, but everybody just seems to think the Panthers are just going to waltz their way to an NFC South title. Their main two offensive people they added besides Bryce Young was Miles Sanders at running back, who's average at best. Yeah. And, and then you, you have Adam, Adam Thielen? Thielen, who's their wide receiver one for Carolina, which is not a good wide receiver one. No. he's a, I like the guy. He's a great wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver one. Yeah. Not anywhere. Yeah. So. They yeah. still Adam had a lot Thielen, of work. DJ Shark and Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, that's it's not the best wide receiver room. Yeah, in a atrocious offensive line. Yeah. For a small quarterback that's not yeah. going to work. One hit, he might die. Yeah, like there's there's a chance that he goes down quickly. Yeah. And and he I will give him this, he does a good job of taking hits, going down when he needs to, evading pressure, but at some point, you're going to get overwhelmed, and I think it's going to happen a lot. Mm-hmm. So don't don't count out the Panthers to be 
third, fourth in this division. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, then, that's going to be it. Colin, thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolutely, Doug. A lot of fun. Yeah, just hit the two-hour mark. That's where we like to be because we love spending time with you guys. We love that you love to listen. And we love that you guys are following us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You're joining the subreddit right now as we speak. I know it. I can see. I can see that you're going to Reddit. You're typing in 2-N-D-A-N-D-S-H-O-R-T. And you're joining that subreddit. And then you're asking us a question about the MLB or the NFL or college football. Whatever you want answered, put it up on that subreddit. We'll answer it. I don't even care what it is. You could ask me uh, what college football offensive coordinator I want to have consensual sex with. We'll answer it what? on the podcast. And, you, and we'll, we'll feel obligated to answer it. Maybe. <laughs> Please don't ask that question. I might have to take it down. But nonetheless, also... Follow us on all the podcast platforms. Give us five stars. Go to YouTube. Subscribe. Like. Comment. Watch all of the episodes again. Do whatever you feel. But you know we'll be back next week. You know I'll be here on Friday with Luke. And that's going to do it for us. Peace. Later.